1: Come back. We'll get back and we'll talk about it.. Right. So Dave Ellswick's show, uh, in just a moment, Horace Cooper's going to join us. He's a chairman of the Project 21 National Advisory Board. He's a uh, senior fellow with the National Center for Public Policy Research. He's chairman of Project 21 National Advisory Board and a legal commentator. He averages over 400 talk radio appearances a year. Represents the national center in Project 21. In addition to regular television appearances and interviews by the print media, and then last but not least, let's just understand: this is a guy who taught constitutional law at George Mason University in Virginia, one of the great think tanks on uh, uh, when you're talking about legalities and things. Uh, leans a little bit more libertarian, which is cool, and was a senior uh, counsel. To U.S. House Majority Leader, one of my heroes, Dick Army. and uh, I'll never forget. The I was just talking to the guys here in the studio. Dick came here to speak, and uh, got backstage to say hi to him. And uh, he looked at me. He says, "Dave, I can't believe it." I said, "What?" He says, "He says I uh, I, I got to take Medicare." And I said, "Well, you can you can turn it down." He says, "No, you can't if you want your Social Security." I mean, here's a congressman saying that. You know, he didn't even realize the Social Security Administration could keep his Social Security from him if he didn't go on Medicare. And I thought I asked him about that, and he says, "Dave, the government is too big," <laughs> which so, which I so, so, which is one of the reasons I loved him so much. And that's just—it's kind of dumb. But so you have to take government subsidy if you want to take an if you want to take advantage. That's of what Security. Dick said. Well, I'll I'll ask Clarence. Is that right, Clarence? Horace. or Horace, I'm sorry. Is that right, right. Horace?
2: Well, Tick uh, Army actually joined in a group uh, that filed a lawsuit um, uh, demanding the right of Americans to decide whether or not they want to take uh, Medicare, uh, and this idea that one thing that you've contributed to, which is Social Security, is predicated on this other thing that maybe you could, uh, you um, con- contributed to, but mostly it is a subsidy on the part of the rest of all taxpayers shouldn't be tied one to another. And so we are still awaiting uh, many of the m- movements and, and various efforts through the court system to get a final answer on that
1: question. Listen, they're still waiting. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Dude. I love Dick. Dick was a friend of mine. And I, the man, uh, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with everybody on the show today. He's the guy who wrote the contract for America. Newt didn't write it. Dick wrote it. All right. But Newt was better in front of the microphone, I think. Uh, Dick wasn't as good as Newt was. But boy, Dick Army, he was a fireball, was he not?
2: Well, the Wall Street Journal called him a think tank in cowboy boots. And he was, <laughs> uh, I worked for him for quite some time. And uh, it was always uh, class day uh, where he talked a little bit about free markets the, uh, and our Constitution and the importance of uh, limited government. He uh, believed these things. He taught these things when he was an economics professor. And he made sure that when he carried out his vote, he implemented this.
1: He was the man. I'm just saying. I wish he was still around. Well, well he'd be having a heart attack about what Biden's doing. I'm just telling you. He's not
2: dead. Yeah. I I like to hear somebody still fighting for a free market in our health care industry. I thought that battle was long forgotten after Obamacare. I'm glad to hear there's people still in the fight.
1: Man, that's good. It is. It's it's really good. Horace Cooper is going to be with us for here this half hour. We've been speaking, of course, since the beginning of the show today, Horace, uh, talking about what has happened to former President uh, Trump. Uh, give us your overview. I'll let I'll let you take off. You're the the law professor. You're at George Mason. There's a lot of good people who came out of, of George Mason. You're one of them. So tell us a little bit what your thoughts of, on this are.
2: Well, uh, I'm going to start with the Durham report. You may remember last month the Durham report came out and it confirmed what many of us had suspected all along uh, that uh, there is in fact a deep state. Uh, there are people who are not elected that have a political, ideological agenda. It goes hard to the left, and that they pursue even steps that interfere with our political process. You know, the United States of America is the greatest uh, diamond of experience in self-government on the planet. And as such, uh, one of the things that we're able to share with the rest of the world is that your vote and my vote determine what the policies and priorities are going to be. The Durham report revealed that there were sinister forces at work, both in our intelligence agencies and our law enforcement agencies at the national level, that attempted to manipulate that and influence that. They attempted it in 2016. They attempted it again in 2020, and now that brings us to this indictment. They are attempting yet again to prevent the American people from being able to make a decision about what direction they want to take America to. This indictment, it's called a speaking indictment, that instead of giving the details that are necessary for a defendant, To understand how to prepare, it is instead designed to talk past the defendant and attempt to justify the rationale for its existence. Mm. And it makes a number of claims that it cannot and has not substantiated, and by ending with, all Americans are presumed innocent, it tries to uh, pretend that it is operating in, in a way that's consistent with our American legal system when the indictment itself makes it very clear that smearing, that transforming and interfering with our election is its primary effect, or purpose at least.
1: Wow. I mean, um, you know, I've, we sat here and talked about this from just about every angle that we can uh, today. Uh, everybody, I mean, Turley, You know, uh, Dershowitz and a lot of other people are saying this is probably the biggest battle that this president has ever faced. Do you feel that way, too?
2: Well, I do. So let me tell you something about our our criminal justice system. Let's just take a simple issue uh, like I would have done in my classroom. Speeding. Lots of Americans fail to pay attention or fail to act appropriately with regard to the sign that tells them what speed that they should go.
1: Now, wait, wait, wait. Let's not get personal here.
2: Okay. (laughs) lots of Americans. I didn't name any. Now, under our legal system, just because lots of Americans do that, they're not allowed to come knocking on your door and say, well, we know 75% or 80% of Americans have done it. We assume you have to. No, no, no. Our system requires you to be shown, or I to be shown, to have specifically sped on a particular date. Additionally, our system says, and there are many court cases where this is borne out, where five cars are headed down the highway, One passes this point, speeding. A second passes this point, speeding. A third passes this point, speeding. By the time the fifth car passes, an officer who has witnessed all four others is not allowed to just pull you over because he's been waiting for you. Again, even if you were speeding, the officer isn't allowed to let other criminal lawbreakers go by not cite them this again brings us to both cases we've had former presidents Obama former uh, a former vice president Biden former president Clinton even even when we look at Mike Pence uh, a strong and ethical man as vice president he too violated this law what we are seeing however is the only person that is being charged is a person that's being charged who is the target, as the Durham report reveals, of those sinister forces that do not wish to allow the American people to make decisions about what directions they would like for this country to go.
1: All right. We're about halfway through the time that we've got Horace Cooper on. So I'm going to take a quick break here, Horace. You go ahead and get yourself some more coffee, or I don't know, maybe you're into energy drinks. I don't know. I'm, I'm a coffee guy myself. I'm going to go grab some more coffee as well, but we got to take a break. And then we'll come back and talk more. I want to I want to talk with you about how you feel this is going to affect the president as we, we move along in the electoral process here in this country. Easton Toy wants you to know that no matter what size car you drive, I mean, you can drive one of those little tiny ones that just takes two people in it and uh, looks like it's about a third of the size of a normal car. Well, you might drive one of those because you like the gas mileage. But then again, you might drive an 18-wheeler because that's your job. Well, what happens if you break down on the side of the highway, whether you got one of the small cars or you got the 18-wheeler or something in between? Well, you call East End Towing at 501-888-8849 like I do, and they'll show up and take care of your situation. Because no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it. And they have all of the answers for you. Look, they've got tow trucks big enough to tow 18-wheelers or those big old, uh, you know, travel uh, jobs that you have out on the highway going uh, to to camp out somewhere. They can do all of it over at uh, East End Towing. So give them a call. They'll get you to where you need to get to. They'll take you to where you want to be taken to to be repaired. It's 501 888 8849 That's East In Towing. All right, let's get back to our interview with Horace Cooper. He's chairman of the Project 21 National Advisory Board. He has joined us today. And, uh, you know, I, I believe anything the man says this because he came from George Mason, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Great, great, great university. A little bit more freedom-loving than other law schools. Would you agree with that, Horace?
2: Well, you know, uh, not only would I agree with that, I only wanted to go to one law school when I was applying. And I was fortunate uh, to be able to get accepted uh, by George Mason. And I was one of the first people ever who graduated from the school to be asked to join the faculty. uh, So I was doubly honored. who,
1: Who was the gentleman that used to fill in for Rush all the time? He was from George Mason, too, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, now that was a law professor. Um, uh, wow, not a law professor. Um, that was an economics professor. Right. A, What's his name? a good friend of mine. Uh, and he passed a, a few years back. Right. I apologize. I'm reaching a certain age now um, where every Walter uh, name Williams. Walter Williams. Up. That's his name. Walter
1: Williams. I think, he, I think he might have made a great president. but um. oh, the People of America don't believe in freedom as much as they did and Walter Williams believed yeah, in freedom. I, I really enjoyed listening to Walter Williams. He was when he great. In for, for Rush He'd start saying things that I'd listen to him talking and it made sense to me but I knew for most people <laughs> it scared the crap out of them. Yeah I really like I, I really to be enjoyed, honest I, with I him. I enjoyed him. So yeah so so George Mason uh, Law School is, is apparently a very different experience than what a lot of people have and from what I'm seeing with law schools it seems almost like kids go to law school, and when they graduate, it's like having a lobotomy um, because they, they go in uh, relatively intelligent, and they, they graduate from law school. I'm surprised the horse is not laughing at that. They, to, they don't uh, have a functional brain when they leave.
2: I'm bracing myself.
1: Yeah, get ready. <laughs> well, We've got.
2: well, it is named the Law and Economics School.
1: That's right. And
2: that's because both property rights and economics are incorporated into the curriculum. Mm. And I think that that's why it's important for us um, today when we talk about the rule of law. Uh, It's a principle of America. Um, And when I taught the uh, Constitution, unlike many other competing schools, we actually brought the Constitution (laughs) into the classroom. I I know it was a rare thing to see at a law school, but we wanted to make sure that we had the source documents.
1: All right. I'm going to let my uh, my fellow co-host today ask some questions of you, Horace, if that's okay. Are you ready? Sure. Yeah, All right, sure. let me look over at R.D., because he's chomping at the beat.
2: Hey, I pulled up your website here. I love a lot of these issues, even talking about, you know, the government trying to take our cars away from us. But... uh Absolutely. Uh, Uh, You know, uh, automobiles bring uh, independence and autonomy. (laughs) Remember, it's self-government that our founders wanted this place to be the model for America. And yet what we see from the Biden administration is an ongoing effort to interfere with us being able to have autonomy. We can't be trusted to decide what kind of oven we want. We can't be trusted to decide what kind of vehicle we want. We can't be trusted to make decisions even about who and where we're going to locate. Uh, they have uh, decided that they want to adopt new rules that restrict your ability to live in a neighborhood with just homes. They want to have multifamily dwellings. Uh, they insist that they know better than the rest of us. And it's very much counterintuitive to the whole idea of self-government. And that self-government doesn't just mean telling the government what to do, but being able to say for ourselves what we want. That's (laughs) great. Also, I like that article on Michael Sussman. That kind of plays in, I think, to the Trump card right now and the FBI. I think that's an excellent article that kind of plays into what's going on with Trump right now. Oh, absolutely. What we are seeing is this effort on the part, I I called it... uh, Uh, Jury uh, nullification uh, when you see a person like Michael Sussman, who is part of the swamp, get a free ride for breaking the law, obvious and clearly doing so to break the law, and yet when someone like Donald Trump is in the same line with our sitting president, our former President Obama, our former President Clinton, what we are seeing is selective prosecution or, as I would call it, the weaponization of the Department of Justice. The American people simply aren't going to sit idly by and let the uh, deep state decide which direction this country is going to go. Let
1: me me jump in right now. Anna, did you have a question?
2: Well... I'm
1: going into law school. I start law school in August, so I'm really trying to prepare myself for what is probably going to be a more
2: liberal experience than you had. Um, So what are some key things you think that law
1: schools, especially liberal ones, like to push in their agendas that someone who's more conservative going in needs to be prepared to really counter, like you said, um, weaponization and prosecution and that kind of thing?
2: Well, I was kind of a rare person growing up as a young person. Uh, I not only wanted to go only to one law school. Um, Some people say you aren't supposed to put all your eggs in one basket. Supposed to apply to like several I only applied to one and if I hadn't have gotten admitted I would have applied again for the following year uh, but when I was a young person uh, I used to actually read Supreme Court decisions when they came down and in fact I used to read the dissents because at, the, at that point the court was more liberal and so I read the, the rulings and the opinions of people like William Rehnquist, who ultimately would become Chief Justice, Antonin Scalia. And those gave me a great grounding for understanding what the law should be. And then, when I was in class, learning what the law is, or had become, I understood how to contrast it. And by the way, understanding what the law should be is the greatest foundation for assessing. When someone asks you on the exam about a particular question, even if you can't figure out what wacky answer that the uh, (laughs) left-wing program wants you to give, if you say, here's what the law ought to be and why, you get a lot of credit in the law school for at least understanding what the issues are.
1: All right. Horace, we're, we're just about out of time. Uh, you got about a minute here. So what is your feeling about what you're seeing? Is is this going to be the end of Donald Trump?
2: This is not going to be the end of Donald Trump, but it may in fact be the end of Joe Biden. Uh, You know, I have a new book out that's coming on the 4th of July, Put You All Back in Chains, How Joe Biden's Policies Hurt Black Americans. And this weaponization and wokeism and government control are increasingly unpopular with the American people. He embodies that. He ultimately is going to pay the price. I don't predict that
1: Donald Trump will. All right. We will have you back on to talk about your new book as well. But it's been a pleasure having you on today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Horace Cooper from Project 21. Thank you very much, sir